Well, good morning again. This is week number two of things you didn't expect to hear from your pastor. And uh, just shortly, this series is an opportunity for me to share uh, some ways that our church is unique from maybe some ideals that you have in your mind about what church is or maybe some past history that you have with the church. Um, there are a couple of things that I like to think make our church a little different than uh, the average church. And uh, we're intentional about a couple of things that, um, not saying other churches aren't doing church right, but just make us different. And uh, so hopefully this series will help bring some clarity to those of you who've been attending Synergy for a while as to specifically who we are, if you have some questions about Synergy. Um, But more importantly, for those of you who may be new, maybe you're here for the first time, this is a great Sunday for you just to hear a little of our heart for this church. Uh, We as a church are getting ready to enter into a new season. I'm going to share some of uh, the plans that we have coming up starting in August with you in a few moments, but um, I am more excited about the opportunity that I have to pastor an incredible church uh, than I've ever been about serving in ministry in uh, my 10 plus years of ministry, and uh, I just feel like God is leading us down a path to uh, make a difference in this community and literally around the world. And so my hope is, my hope is, is that uh, I'll help answer some questions that you may have not even asked, but that you may have about Synergy that helps you understand a little more about our DNA and who we are. Uh, We started out last week with a statement that I made when I said, our church is not trying to reach everyone. Um, And we talked about how uh, how we felt some, some pushback against that statement. But in the end, I clarified that our church is not trying to reach everyone because we're passionate about reaching anyone. And, and we said last week that, that we're willing as a church to let the perfect family walk away from our church so that we can reach imperfect families. That's why our church exists, is to make Christ known in the lives of people far from God. And we realize, we realize that our church isn't for everyone. Not everyone will love our church, but... But we want to be passionate about making sure that anyone can experience Christ in our church. That's what we talked about last week. And so this week, uh, we're going to talk about something that um, I think the church gets a lot of criticism about, typically larger churches. Um, You'll see why I say larger churches, because it doesn't necessarily affect smaller churches. Um, But let me first say this before I jump into the statement. Um, In America, uh, the average church in America is just under 80 people. Okay, so our church uh, is just over 100 people on a given Sunday, and so um, our church, being two and a half years old, is, is doing really well. God has blessed our church incredibly. We have incredible families that attend this church, and I feel like we're having uh, a big impact in this community. And some of you have invited friends and family and uh, neighbors to attend this church, and their lives have been changed, and you've seen that firsthand. And some of you have given church a try again because of Synergy. Maybe you've had a bad experience with Synergy, but you showed up one Sunday, and, and you thought there's hope for me in the church again. And some of you just, maybe you have a past that you thought God would never have anything to do with you. And because of Synergy, maybe you say, you know, I understand that I don't have to be perfect for God to love me. And I will allow his love to impact and change me. And, and so I think that our church is having an incredible impact as it is. Um, but I am the type of person that wants to see God do bigger and better things. One of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible is Ephesians 3.20, where Paul says in a letter that he wrote to a church in a city called Ephesus in the New Testament, he said that our God, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more 
than all we can ask or imagine. To him be the glory in Christ Jesus and in the church for generations after generations. Um, And I think that sometimes as Christians and as church leaders that we kind of sell God short on what he wants to do among us. And we just accept kind of where we are as a church. And we don't ever even ask or imagine for big things, yet alone believe that he could do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. And so the next season of our church is, is going to be taking some steps of faith and taking some risk and believing that God can do more and bigger things uh, than he's already done in our church because we're not willing to become complacent and remain where we are in Christ. We want to move forward in him. So with that being said... Let me give you the second statement of this series. Um, Our church is driven by the numbers. Our church is driven by the numbers. And and, and let me kind of back up and give you some history with especially larger churches. Uh, Some people would say of larger churches um, that all that they care about are the numbers. You know, they just want to say that they had X amount of people show up on a given Sunday and they want to brag about how many uh, members they have on their staff and they want to brag about, you know, the number of children that they have in their environments and the number of students that they have attending their church. And for a lot of people on the outside looking into big churches, they think, well, they're just all about the numbers. They could care less about the people that attend their churches. They're just about the numbers. That's all they care about. They just want something to brag about. They just want to be able to, you know, hang their hat uh, on on something that they feel like they accomplished. And it's kind of an ego game. That's the way a lot of people see it. And so a lot of people, you know, they stay clear of big churches and they don't want to go to big churches because they feel like uh, they're very impersonal and they can't get connected and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I want to be extremely clear with you. I want to be extremely clear with you about our church and about myself as a leader in this church. Um, our church is driven by the numbers. I want our church to be huge. I want our church to reach thousands and thousands of people. Why wouldn't I? How many of you have ever said, you know, when when UGA crams over 100,000 people into Sanford Stadium and and there is record-breaking attendance today, you've said, oh, they're just about the numbers. You know, they're just... That school over there, all they want to do is just say they got a bunch of people in the stadium and make this kind of hyper... Uh, experience for people. You know, there's just about the numbers. Now you get excited about that because that many people are supporting a bunch of 20-year-old kids running around on a football field. You get excited about that. How many of you have ever heard your employer talk about goals and and you want to bring in more revenue and you want to have more sales and and they're big goals, they're bold goals, and you say, oh, our company's just about the numbers. You know, they, they just want to make money. Well, of course they do. They want to make more money than their competitors because they want to be able to reap the benefits of the money that they're making. They want their company to grow. I mean, who wants their company? Who wants their team? Who wants their lives to remain stagnant forever? But when it comes to the church, we get criticized for it. You know, the church just wants to grow. Have you ever noticed that anything that is healthy grows? You ever notice that? Like if you're healthy physically, you know, you're going to see growth in your life. Your hair is going to grow. Your nails are going to grow. You're going to see growth from, from the time that you're a young age till the time you become older. You grow in stature. You get taller. Some of us, if we get older, we start growing out instead of up. That's okay. But we see growth because if we're healthy, that's what healthy things do is they grow. 
Your grass grows if it's healthy. You might not like it, but it does. That tree in my dad's backyard, I remember when he planted it, when I was like nine years old. When I go to my dad's house, that big oak tree that takes up over half of his backyard, I'm just amazed. Like, I remember when we planted that tree, and it was like nothing. And look how big and huge it is. It's got history. It's got deep roots. It's healthy. It's a big tree. And I want our church to look back after some years and say, look what God's done among us. Look what God has accomplished through us. And look at the numbers that reflect what God has done in us. You ever thought about why it's okay for people to brag about the numbers in their bank accounts or the number of square feet in their homes or the number of vehicles that they have available to drive, but when it comes to the church, we have such pushback and we feel so uninvited by a statement that a church would care about numbers. And so if you're kind of on the fence about that, I just, I just need to make something clear to you is that our church will become bigger by the grace of God and we will pursue huge dreams that we have for this church Not so that we can brag about what we've done, but so that we can see an impact of what God's done through us in this community. Let me give you some some biblical context, if you don't mind. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 2, there's thousands of people uh, from around that area in the world that had gathered in Jerusalem for a feast of Pentecost. And there was a lot of feasts that that people all over the world celebrated in those days, and they were gathered, and people spoke different languages, and uh, they were all there for this feast. And in Acts chapter number 2, a man by the name of Peter, he stands up in front of, the Bible says, multitudes, like lots of people, okay? The Bible is specific enough to say that there were a lot of people there. And he stood up in front of a lot of people, and he proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ to that huge crowd. Um, I get like, I get like antsy thinking about looking out and not being able to like tell how many people are in a room or in a stadium or whatever that looks like. And I can just imagine Peter's excitement as he stood up and boldly proclaimed through the power of the Holy Spirit the good news of Jesus Christ and what it meant for their life and how it could change their life. And you know what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 41? Listen to this. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Imagine that with me. We have a big push. We get a lot of people here. And 3,000 people who didn't know Jesus, whose lives had not been impacted by the love of Christ, who, who lived empty, void lives, who thought that they knew what life was about, but they had an encounter with the living God. And 3,000 people responded to the message of the gospel. They were baptized that day. And the Bible cares enough about the story to record the number. And you say, well, you know, Jesus, the Bible is just all about the numbers. Yeah, it is. Because that's pretty doggone impressive. And it lets us know that God and his message and his ways are for everyone and can have a huge impact. Yet, as a church, we kind of sit back and we say, you know, it's okay for churches to be small. And it, it is. If you want to go to a small church, there's plenty of them on average. You know, the average church in America is just under 80 people. You know, if that's what you're looking for and that's what you want, you'll find it anywhere. And I've had some people tell me, 
You know, God calls some people just to pastor small churches, and so don't get discouraged if your church isn't growing like you want it to, because he may just have you, you know, at a small church, and you should just love those people, and you should just care for those people. That sounds great, doesn't it? But I don't accept that. I don't accept that God doesn't have big plans for my life. Now, if God specifically told me, go pastor a small church, and specifically, I want you to stay there, love those people, care for those people, the church isn't ever going to grow, and, and your job in life, then, then I would do that. And I'm not saying God doesn't call anybody to do that, but God's given me big dreams. I believe that of the 76% of people in Barrett County that don't attend an evangelical church, that there are thousands of people right here in our backyard that need the hope that's found in the message that we proclaim as a church. And I believe that it is okay for us to pursue having an impact in their life. Look at what this story goes on to say in Acts 2, the second part of verse 47. Speaking of that early church, that was the birth of the early church, it says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Like every day more people were being impacted by the gospel message. Every day more people... The Bible didn't say that they just sat around and huddled up in homes and didn't really have an impact anymore, and that was the end of the story. It said that God kept adding to their number daily. And that's my prayer for this church, is God add to our church daily those who are being saved. Can, can you just wrap your mind around that dream? Some of you, you may still be struggling with, like, I don't know that I want this to be a big church. I love where we are right now, and I love the people that we're around. I love that I know everyone's name in the church, and, and I can speak to everyone on a given Sunday. But could we be selling God short for what he wants to do in us and through us with that mindset? And then, and then you go to Revelation chapter 7, a scripture that will blow your mind if you have that mindset. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, this is the Apostle John. He has a vision. God gives him a vision while he's exiled on an island called Patmos. He sees the heavens open, and God shows him the heavens. And this is what it says in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. It says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude, listen to this, that no one could count. There were so many people, he's seeing this, speaking of heaven, there were so many people before him that he could not even count them. From every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So I don't want to go to a big church. I'm sorry to inform you that you are not going to like heaven. You're not. Because heaven isn't about... A few people huddling up and just, you know, sharing stories of the good old days. Heaven is about multitudes of people from all over the world that have believed in one message and have accepted what God offers them. And they give their eternity to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords and exclaim, salvation belongs to the Lord. Man, I long for a day when people will show up at our church and we're like, hey, you know, did you get a good count? Like, I don't know, there's so many people there. Moving. I couldn't count them. I don't know. It was, it was I don't know. I got to like 82,000 and I just, I, don't know, I lost count. I don't know. I don't know how many people there were. Can you imagine that? And I know, I know some of you can't. 
You can't. But you need to know that as the pastor of this church, I can. And I believe that we can have an incredible, incredible impact in this community and around the world. So, so let me give you nine numbers that I'm pretty passionate about right now. And uh, they're numbers that, that are going to drive our church for the next year. They're, they're goals. These numbers are goals, and they represent um, uh, growth in our church that we believe God for, that we're praying for, that we're serving together, that we as a church are journeying towards because, because we're driven by those numbers. Not to brag, but because we believe that they reflect an impact that God can do through us in this community. So let me give you nine numbers, and then I'll say a few more statements. I'll pray for us, and we'll go have some homemade ice cream. Let me first give you this. You're going to hear a lot of this in the next few months, over the next year. X2. Everybody say X2. X2. Times two. We're getting ready in August to kick off a growth initiative. We're calling it X2. And simply put, our goal in a year is to double our church. We want to look back at this day, one year from now, and say, there are double the impact in the room, in this church. Can you imagine that with me? Imagine looking around right now and you say, there's a lot more people in the room. Imagine the impact that we as a church could have in this community with double the church. X2, you can hear a lot about it. X2 is it's a growth initiative that our church is going to passionately pursue growing for Christ. We're not going to sit back and, and have the attitude, if God wants our church to be big, then he'll make it happen. It's just going to happen. And we're going to do our part. We're going to, James says that faith without works is dead, and we're going to work. We're going to work over the next year. We're going to work. We believe God for something. We're going to work for something. We're going to look back and say, God used what we did to bring about what we had faith for. So, so X2, we're going to double in a year. You with me? Let me give you nine numbers. Number one. 225, 225. This is the number of people on average that we're setting a goal for to attend Synergy Church on a given Sunday by the end of next year. 225 people. That's double our current average. And we're believing that in a year from now, we'll be able to look back and say our church is averaging 225 people in attendance on a given Sunday. Some of you... I can just tell you're like, this is kind of shallow, like, kind of egotistical for you to set some goals like that, and you're just trying to get people in the room to say that you met a goal. And if you see it that way, then you can choose to see it that way. But the way I see it is we're trying to have double the impact and double the lives in our church. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you can be a part of making it happen, or you can sit back and watch it happen, but it's going to happen. And this time next year, it's going to be 225 people on average, in this room. And we're going to have a church that is reaching more lives than ever. Number two, 75. 75 is the number of volunteers, on average, that we want to be serving on a given Sunday out of that 225 people. We call our volunteers Team Synergy. 
We believe that volunteers, that Team Synergy are the heartbeat of our church, that they make everything happen. If you haven't noticed, we meet in a gym, and everything that happens to convert a gym into a worship environment is done by volunteers. We don't pay people to come in and do this. It's not done for us when we show up. We don't have the luxury of having our own facility. And so everything that we do on a given Sunday is done by volunteers. And we believe that if we have double the volunteers that we have serving currently, then we can have double the impact. Imagine that. Think about that with me. If we had double the people serving on a given Sunday, you look around now and you see a lot of blue shirts. You're like, man, there's a lot of people serving at that church. And you might just think they got it covered. But imagine if there were double the people each week serving in this church, the impact that we could have. 225 people attending on average every Sunday, 75 of those serving every Sunday. 4,000. 4,000. It's a bigger number. It's not huge. It's a bigger number. 4,000 is the goal that we've set for giving financially each week in our church. That's double the giving that we currently take in now. Somebody once made a statement to me, you know, how much, what, what would you do if you had a million dollars? Somebody made that statement to me. It was, I think it was another church planner. We were just dreaming because we were both broke and wanted to do a lot and we couldn't afford it. He just said, you know, what would you do if you had a million dollars? I said, I would do a million dollars worth of ministry. Because here's the truth in our context, in our country, in our format. And ministry costs money. If we don't pay money, we don't have a place to meet. If we don't provide resources necessary to do the things that God's called us to do, we can't do ministry. And imagine if we had double the resources that we have now, how much more ministry we could do. You know how much more ministry we could do? We could do double the ministry that we're currently doing. And so that's the goal. $4,000 each week would come into our church. 100. It's a smaller number than 4,000. But it's a big number when we imagine together that over the next year there will be 100 salvations in this church. That 100 individuals who don't know Christ personally, who've never placed their faith in Jesus, who haven't believed the message of the good news that's found in the Bible, who haven't given their lives to committing them to serve Christ, who haven't received forgiveness for their sins, who haven't received hope that's found in him. Imagine 100 people over the course of a year because of this church entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I get so excited when I think about that number. And that number is double the number of people that made those decisions over the last year. Now, it's okay with me if we exceed these numbers. But we're fighting with everything within us to do all that we can to see 100 people in a year except Christ. And some people, you know, some people just have the gift of negativity. I don't understand it, but they'll say, well, you don't know if they really meant it. You're just counting hands and you're counting. That's okay. 
Because guess what? I don't, I don't know if they really meant it. All I can believe is what they tell me. And I can believe that 100 people over the next year will place their faith in Jesus. Their eternity will be secured forever. And they will enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. 50. 50. 50 is the number of people over the next year that we want to see become water baptized. Who will take an initial step after following Jesus, which the Bible teaches to become water baptized, publicly professing that they've made a decision to follow Christ, symbolically dying to their old self and being raised to new life in Christ. Baptism is such an exciting celebration of the church. It's been happening for generations. It's, it's not old school. It's, it's God's step for new believers to follow Christ. And I would love for our church to see at least half of the people who proclaim to make a decision to follow Christ, to follow him into that step. There's 52 weeks in a year. We typically take two or three weeks off, so maybe we'll baptize one a week. Who knows? How exciting would that be? But we want to see 50 people water baptized. 100. 100. 100 represents the number of people in our church who will be actively engaged in a small group. Because for those of you who are like, I don't like churches that are just about a number, we don't want people just to attend our church. We want people in our church to connect in relationships with others and develop friendships, to be cared for, to have a place to belong, that as the church becomes bigger, it stays small for them. That though they may not know everyone, they do have people that they truly know that they don't have to be fake around, that they can be themselves and they can encourage one another and strengthen one another and build one another up. And we believe that of the 225 people that are going to be attending our church on average, 100 of them, surely we can get involved into a small group and get them plugged in to an environment that will help them grow relationally in this church. 100. 100. 100 represents the number of official partners of our church. What the heck is he talking about, an official partner? I've never heard that before. Most churches have membership. We call members partners. Silly, you may say, but I believe that members pay fees to get a service in return. And I just don't want the context to be relayed that you're paying for a service at this church. You're not a member, you're a partner which means that you share responsibility, which means that you help us strive for our mission and our goal, that you belong with us, that you're committed to our church, that we know we can count on you to do what God's called us to do. And we want to have by the end of next year, by the end of May, from August to the end of May, we want to know that there are 100 people committed to our church, 100 Official partners. 75. 75. I'm going to have to take a few minutes here to explain some things to you probably. But by the end of a year, we want to have 75 people to have completed what we call the growth track. 
Some of you have heard me mention a class called Synergy 101. We're actually offering it today if you're interested in learning more about our church. But we have a four-class system that we call the Growth Track. Uh, It's discipleship-focused. It's simply designed to help you get established in your faith, to understand what the church is, to develop essential habits necessary to become a healthy believer, to discovering your personality and your spiritual gifts, and getting a better grip of how God's created you to serve others, and then learning about what it means to be part of ministry and joining Team Synergy and help accomplish what we're trying to accomplish in this church. And our goal is for everyone in our church to go through these four classes. They're offered once a month. You don't have to go through them consecutively. You can take six months and go out of order. It doesn't matter. But just four classes, an hour and a half each. We want 75 people in the course of the year to go through those classes. And listen, we think if we have 225 people attending, 75 of those serving, $4,000 given weekly, 100 total salvations with 50 total baptisms, 100 people involved in groups, 100 official partners, and 75 people completing the growth track, not only will that double who we are as a church today, but I believe exponentially the impact and the momentum that we'll carry into the next year will be immeasurable. Will be immeasurable. Because we are driven by the numbers. We care about growing. We want to get larger. Not for the sake of bragging. Not for the sake of feeling accomplished. But here's why. Here's why we're driven by the numbers. We're driven by the number of fathers who don't love their kids, love on their kids right now, and they work too much. We're driven by the number of men who are going to start parenting their kids. That excites us to know that there are men, because of our church, who are going to become better fathers. We're driven by the number of marriages that are in shambles right now. And husbands and wives hate each other, and they live together as roommates. And God can restore those relationships. And we're excited. We're driven by the number of marriages that can be renewed because of Synergy Church and what God does through us. We're excited by the number of students in our church who will make commitments to keep themselves pure for marriage and experience the beauty and the benefits that's reaped from that commitment. We're excited by the number of addicts whether it's substance abuse or porn or whatever it is that people are addicted to, that they're going to walk in freedom because of Synergy Church. Through their experience in this church, they're going to be freed from some bondages and they're going to walk for the first time in freedom and experience life the way God's intended for them to me. We're excited about the number of moms who are going to raise godly kids who are going to change their generation. We're not settling for the number of people that we have right now. There's people whose lives need to be changed and we get excited about the potential of the family who doesn't know how to handle money God's way because of our church that's going to become generous and learn what it means to give and learn what it means to obey God with their money and experience the peace that they've never had financially. That excites me. It excites me for a family where a parent and a kid don't even speak to one another fall in love with one another because they understand the relationship that God has ordained in their life. It excites me to know 
that people who once simply attended church, who were consumers, took a step and became more mature in their faith, and they became contributors. And church for them wasn't just a weekly event that they went to make themselves feel good for the rest of the week, but they understood that the church isn't a place, it's, it's a living, breathing thing that every Christian belongs to. And God hasn't called us simply to attend, he's called us to be a part of the mission. And for people to come alive and stand in that and understand, man, the impact that I'm having now, I never would have understood that if it hadn't been for this church. I'm excited about the numbers that we can look back on now. And I could share story after story of people who hated church, who had bad experiences with church, but who now have fallen in love with God's people and his purposes for their life because of this church. And it excites me to look at the future and know that the impact can be greater than ever before. We're driven by the numbers because each number represents a life. And we care about people. And we love people. And it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your history with the church is. And there's no qualifications for you to attend our church or be part of our church. In fact, I've had conversations recently with pastors who, in an effort to create spiritual maturity have taken steps to establish requirements, prerequisites for people who want to serve in their church. Great intentions. I love the intentions. I love that they want people to, to be more in love with Jesus forever. But I've said it before, and I'll always say it. There are no prerequisites for you to serve at our church. There's no checklist for your life to be able to be involved in our church. You don't have to call yourself a Christian to help serve in this church you don't have to be a perfect person and meet criteria to be involved in this church. This is a church for imperfect people. And it's made up by imperfect people who are trying to lead imperfect people to reach imperfect people in a hope, in a hope that the love of Jesus will change and transform and continue to mold us all. And my belief and my faith and my gut and everything within me over this next year is going to strive to see twice the impact in this community because we're driven by those numbers because those numbers represent lives and those lives all have a story to tell and I want to hear the story I don't want to brag about a number but I want to hear a story and I'm asking you as a church to believe with me over the next year to imagine with me the impact that our church could have if we doubled seems like such a big goal. It seems like something that's impossible when you look at our two and a half years history. But God can do anything. I believe he wants to use you. And I'm going to be with you. And we're going to be driven by those numbers because those numbers represent lives. Let me pray for us. Lord, you are you're incredible. You're, you're beyond anything that we could even fathom in this world. For us to be content with where we are as a church would be a shame because I believe in my heart of hearts that you long to do incredible things through our church. Not because we're better than any church in town, not because you know, we have perfect people 
but because I believe you want to use anyone who's willing to be used to accomplish your purposes in the earth. And we as a church, Lord, will raise our hands, we'll say, we'll be those people. If you're looking for people to use, look no further. Please use us. And we beg of you, Father, to do among us more than we could ever imagine or ask according to your power that is at work within us. And to you be the glory forever and ever.